Doc Ryan, Expedition 44. We have been on a series of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. In this series, we've talked about being in his likeness. We've talked about the words nefesh and first fruits, giving all of everything that we have to glorify him. Well, today I am going to bring some friends onto the camera that are pastors and kind of talk about what this means within their ministry of the church to do this. But before I do that, I want to just speak to you a little bit about New Testament thinking in following Jesus. So John says, if we claim to be in Christ, we must walk as he did. Now, this is extremely controversial because, as you know, I have a lot of uh, traditional Messianic Hebrew friends, and they would actually say that we possibly need to continue to practice much of the law because Jesus did that. So, I don't, that's not what today's film is, but I'm going to leave you with that to think about because it is going to kind of come into play here. But when he says that we must walk as Jesus did, that word walk is a Greek verb, and it's called parapeteo. And this is one of those interesting Greek words that, you know, you kind of look at it and you go, where did that come from? Well, a lot of Hebrews, Israelites, brought into the Greco-Roman world words that originated in Hebrew. So when you look at the word in Hebrew that this would have come from, it's an idiom that was translated to Greek, and the word is halacha. And when you look at the word, what I do these word studies, and I say, what what does that mean? So that when when John says that we should walk as Jesus walked, and we look at that Hebrew idiom, what did it really mean? Figuratively, metaphorically, sometimes the literal translation doesn't do enough. We need to dig deeper than that. And so in Hebrew, when you say halacha, it's a way of life. It's every part of you. It's not necessarily just describing you, but it's actually who you are and those around you going through this too. It's a communal response. It's very similar to um, Expedition 44. The, the four fours here kind of are reminiscent of a full portion of living, a full portion of asking God to give you a double portion of what is already good, what is already maybe considered perfect, that you are looking for more because you are set apart as a royal priesthood, kadosh. And so this word, halacha, is similar because it's it's taking what people would say is the way that Jesus lived, but also saying it's so much more than that. It's complete thinking of living for Jesus that should influence every little part of what you do, your actions, your friends, your calling in life, every little part that you are and communally all that you're surrounded with. What is your mission? What is your way of life to follow Jesus, to disciple the great calling? Jesus lived a certain way and he calls us to live the same. Let's take that challenge. All right, so brought some real life guys in to talk Jesus, following Jesus talk. And this is my band of brothers group. <laughs> and uh, 
Uh, we got we got Brian from Grace Ops. You might recognize him. He's been with us for a film. Uh, Steve Castle is a regular. And Steve, who'd you drag along today? This is my uh, associate pastor, Pastor Bob Lindquist, uh, man of men. He also leads our men's ministry. So uh, this entire environment and train of thought and conversation is something really near and dear to his heart. Used to do hunting videos back in the day, so we speak the same language there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so today we've we've started talking about what what being a follower of Christ looks like, but, but we're taking that from a little bit different of an angle. So whenever I bring these guys, we want to get real. We want to talk about, you know, the frustrations of being men in the era we live in and walking with faith, walking, walking an upward lifestyle and being light bearers for all to see us. So that's, that's really what we're hinging on today. Brian, this this really points right at Grace Ops. So I got the hat on, you got the shirt on, everything yeah, else. What right. what what does it? Why did you decide to do it this way? I mean, really, this is one of the. I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about the five themes of Grace Ops, but this hits very closely with with what Grace Ops exists to do. Yeah, so kind of one of my passions, and this is a great band of brothers we have here. We live in a day and age where we have the largest churches in the history of our country. Yep. But you look at the condition of the church and you look at the condition of culture and you can see real quick that we've got massive problems. And in my opinion, we've actually watered down the standards of what it means to follow Christ. Right. So Grace Ops is the operations of God's grace. It's not weak. It's really strong. And Grace is actually training us. Um, I want to make a shirt instead of those shirts that you see saved by grace. I want to make a shirt that says trained by grace. You know, Amen. Amen. Because God's grace is training us and equipping us and empowering us to actually live, uh, uh, to live upright, self-controlled and godly right here and right now so that's the, our passion is to promote really the virtue and the character i think we lost kind of somewhere along the way we lost what it means to actually follow christ there's so many people that claim mm -hmm. a belief in god or an affiliation but we we've kind of separated or divorced it from the you know believing and following actually are together in the heart of god but right. when we divorce it as a culture and i think that's kind of run into all kinds of problems you know we got we, the there's so many churches and i'm not trying to pick on the church i'm in the church and I won't quit the church until God does. So we're in it for the long haul. Amen. And, but, but when you look at the quality sometimes of the gospel and the responsibility being presented to the body of Christ, I think we've really watered down some standards. So I think discussions like this can help inspire and promote to get people back into the roots of what it actually means to follow sure. Christ. Matt and I just made a video on communion and baptism, and we walked through the biblical tenets of what that looks like and put it all together. And then we said, you know, so according to the Bible, this is what it is. Now, Look at your churches and how many of us are actually emanating the way the Bible says to do these things. And I, I think, you know, when, when Paul says to, you know, some of you guys shouldn't even be here, you know, like, yeah. don't come right. anymore. Like, if we said that to our churches, if you can't walk the walk, then right. don't come. Would we have a church left in this right. day and age? It's a, it's a super tenuous uh, subject matter because obviously all of us have been touched by the love and the goodness of God and, and by the, the amazing... Um, internal operation of the salvation that has been granted us by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we want to we want to bring as many people into that encounter and into that experience as possible. We are literally like uh, propelled forward by that, like Paul said, he's compelled by the love of God to go and do. But there's also this this double-edged sword aspect to this that there's a ton of people that are not going to be able to walk it out. Um, one of the things that, that is really uh, phenomenal for some of us to really drill down in and, and to come into grips with is that when Jesus himself, the head of the church, the, the author of salvation, 
wrote to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, there was one thing that he said in common to all seven churches. Now, he did tell five of them to repent, and he asked six of them to get right. But one thing he said to all seven churches, or you could say this, if Jesus was writing a letter to the church today, we know for a fact that this would be part of his language. He said, to him that overcomes. To him that overcomes. And this is not something that a lot of people have embraced in their Christian life. Right. Yeah. Where they literally have gone into tenuous subjects, gone into uh, battlefronts, gone into places where they've had to work out their salvation in fear and trembling and overcome. There is a lot of people that are bowing down to society, to politics, to to money, mammon. There's a ton of things that people are, are laying down their lives for and not taking up the cross and walking up the hill of Golgotha. And Jesus said, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes, you've got to beat all of society. You've got to beat all of the influences against you, against your marriage, against your family. Those are the people that are going to find themselves in proper right standing with the head of the church. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a concept in business, the, the niche. Am I saying that right, Doctor? <laughs> the niche, the niche, niche, whatever that word. Um, the they say to define your niche so so well that only you fit in it. And and I think Jesus did that really well. I think what you referenced earlier, the apostles did that really well. If you're not, if you're really not, if you don't fit the criteria of what it means to follow, then. And all due respect, we love you, but get out of here. Yeah. It's not for you. <clears throat> yeah. And there, there's not enough of that in the church. Not a, a man needs to be challenged. you know. And I, I have a heart for men because you know that's why we developed a five-star charge. We developed it, and that's why Grace Stops exists, is so, so that we can help redeem biblical masculinity, so that we can help men get away from like broken masculinity right. and help them kind of actually walk into what kingdom manhood actually looks like. And it looks like a life of honor, a life mm-hmm. of affection, a life of liberty, a life of war. Life of Valor, that's the five-star charge. Yeah. And we want to help champion that for the next decade or two, and maybe beyond that, with men in our culture, because there's a lot against the heart of a man. You know, Absolutely. media, the church itself, just maybe their families. And then I think a lot of guys get discouraged. Like, I don't know where to fit, how to do this stuff. But my whole thing is, like, if you're going to claim Jesus, then, you know, I say this all the time, it's not about perfection, it's about pursuit. I'm not looking for a man to be perfect in his walk, but I am looking for him to be pursuing the living God. So when we do our band of brother stuff and we're hanging out and we're doing life together, you better bet I'm going to be challenging you. And I really expect you to be challenging me um, to walk accordingly, to live upright, to put on display to a broken world the virtue and the culture. See, the church lost her power because the church lost her way. Yep. And once we redeem those ancient pathways, we'll be right back in the game. <laughs> and one of the failures here is that the, the aged men and the aged women in Titus chapter 2... Paul was writing to the elders. It doesn't mean aged as in uh, long in the tooth or gray in the beard. It means people who have successfully and in a mature way are walking and being victorious in the Christian life. And the aged women and the aged men are supposed to be training the next generation how to walk that even better than they're walking it. You know, one of the things for me is that uh, Pastor Bob is one of those guys. He's been walking with the Lord for a ton a ton of years and done it very successfully and not so successfully and so i'm i'm appreciating the fact that we have an aged man in our in our midst that has seen the church and the diversity of the church and uh, in a lot of ways some of the some of the deterioration of the church and so i'd like for him to kind of speak into that to as an elder to us some of the younger guys and tell us what you've seen and and what we can do better so you know i the analogy always comes to my heart. We've been frogs in boiling water in this deal. 
for generations. Yeah. We didn't just get this way like this, right? right? And because of that, we need each other desperately. We need to submit to each other. We need bands of brothers that are really on this journey because in today's world, part of this, what we've been set up for is we want immediate. Mm -hmm. Amazon will come tomorrow. Right. I'm driving through McDonald's, right? I want the immediate thrill. Yep. We all know that that's not our journey with Christ. Paul spoke to it in a lot of different ways. We know from our own journeys, it's not that way. Yet, when we're being who we were created to be and not trying to be something else, we're being who, does, who God designed us to be and created us to be, and we're with like-minded believers, we can fill in the gaps. We can link arms and overcome everything. And that makes that journey really, really simple and fun. Yeah. It can be fun. Right. It doesn't have to be arduous. I think in the world, the world sometimes gets this better than we do as Christians. Yeah, you know, true, you look no at doubt. business models, you look at the military. I mean, they have discipleship down. I mean, there's, there's rank and command. People know their place. They listen. They do exactly what they're told. And they learn. And pretty soon they become the teacher. Right. Yet when it comes to a church look, men sometimes act like they have no idea what this looks like. With that comes that word that the world uses a lot. And, and in, in the kingdom of God, it's totally different. That submission word. Yep. And it's such a positive thing. Yeah. Really, truly, it's such a positive thing for It's a you. cuss word. It's a cuss word. It is a cuss word Don't out there amongst, it. especially with me. Well, I'm not submitting. I submit to my boss every week and right. look at what it got me, right? right? Yeah. It's so different, but it's yeah. so desperately needed. Yeah. yeah, that's good, Ryan. That's truth. Yeah. We we talk a lot, and I mean, as as people that love the Lord or pastors, we love it when people come to a saving knowledge of Christ. That's that's a great day. But what we see oftentimes in this westernized American church is that we put so much emphasis on this that we fail the, the primary calling of to make disciples. And we watch what Christ did. He had his 12, he had his 70, then he had his multitudes, and he's constantly cycling them to do the same. And it wasn't just simply salvation, it was so much more than that. Yet today, like most men don't even want to have a five minute conversation in church, let alone step right. into a real discipleship role with somebody. And one of the unique characteristics that I see um, in the life of Christ um, on earth when he was establishing the church was that it was a normal, regular day yeah. for Jesus yeah. to run people off. Right. He, he ran people off. I mean, how many yeah. stories do we have in the Gospels yeah. where where a crowd was there and he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you got no part. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we're not willing to go that far. Yeah. And he's like, then you have no part in me. If you don't eat my flesh, you have right. no part and in me. Actually, actually, right after that crowd left, because like 100 people leave, if we historically I think that's been proven, over 100 disciples left. Them. Right. Right. So then he turns to the 12 and he actually asks them, he doesn't, I mean, I love this. He doesn't say thanks for staying. He's not like, thanks for supporting yeah. my ministry. Right? He yeah. actually looks at them and says, what about you? Yeah. And yeah. and I really believe what he was saying at the heart of that was the intimacy and the closeness I want to have with you is, is so radically, um, it's, it's such a closeness, right? An intimacy, an authentic life with me that abiding and producing yeah. that um, that's what I'm going for. You know, eating my flesh, eating my ways, partaking of my yoke, partaking of my kingdom, you know, doing as I've modeled for you to do. Yeah. And and it's actually beautiful when you step into it, even as a man. I mean, when I was a young guy, when I, I was bound in sin and I was aching to be free and I didn't know about the gospel. I knew about churches, 
But when I heard the gospel and I heard the hope, I mean, I didn't get to know God in one night, but I knew at that altar when I went forward in tears and stayed there till two in the morning, just thinking, I remember saying to myself, I'm going to do this forever. And I didn't even know what that meant, but I've been learning. I think that's the key. That's why we developed the five-star church. That's why we're talking about this because it's about learning. It's about, we don't master honor. We don't master affection. We don't master Christian virtue. It's something that we have to continually sharpen ourselves in. Yeah. We get up and we keep going. You know, we keep it's learning. It's a constant forging. Yeah. It's right? a great word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, is. it is. It's a constant forging of our hearts. Yeah. yeah. That's John 666 when he says, many disciples yep. left. Yep. Yeah. And people always find that interesting. There's a 666 <laughs> on there. And, uh, and they left. And that's not the only time you see that in nope. scripture. Nope. I mean, people were walking away from Jesus yep. regularly. And yet... You know, for some reason, we have this idea that like we get sad if somebody leaves the church. Right. You know, as if as if this is a surprise we didn't right. see coming. What did you know? we do wrong? Were they not fresh donuts this morning? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and some of the unique things is he never chased them. Yeah. Not one time, which is anti-churchianity that we yes. have today. Right. Like yes. if somebody leaves, like whoa, 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 whoa. You misheard me. No, no, no I, I didn't say it right. I'm sorry. Go get him. You know, it's like, stay here. Let me fix it. It was like mm. the rich young ruler when he came up to Jesus. And I, now, this is a guy that was radically impacted. Yeah. And he comes up to Jesus. And, it, and the Bible says he throws himself at his feet. And he said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus literally in that gifts of the Holy Spirit thing, in that in that knowledge of God, that, that Holy Spirit intuition, he's, he found the one thing in this guy's life. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the point. Yeah. That was going to be the stop. And he pointed out that he put his finger right on that one thing and said, "Unless you deal with this one thing, you can't follow yeah. me." Right. Which is the opposite of what we're doing in it's, today's yeah. church. No, it's like, hey, can I find one thing right. that will make you stay a part of the church? Well, then, well, let's just connect on that one thing. Yeah. The rest of your life can be totally scattered, smothered, covered. But as long as we got this one thing that keeps us together, we're good. Jesus yeah. did the opposite. He found the one thing that was going to cause him to go and put his finger on it. Yeah. And the amazing thing was the guy left sad. Yeah. And how many people are leaving sad because they are not being challenged by what needs to be challenged in their hearts and their lives yeah. through the Spirit of Christ. Yeah. So yeah. last month I had my, my good friend Chris Tanto Peranto come yeah. and do a, a skills training at the gun range for guys. And this is the 13, this is what the guy they made the movie about, 13 Hours of Benghazi yeah. Survivor. And what people don't know is he's a Christian, he's a believer. And he is so into this way of thinking, and we were talking about these classes that he does, how they're set for the hardcore guys. They're not your average, you know, hunter guy. I mean, he, he runs these classes for kind of the spec ops groups of the world, you know. And he brought that back to my world of churchianity, and he said, why, why, why are you guys trying to get all these guys, you know, they're not making the cut. Just take right. the ones that make the cut. And, you know, <laughs> that was amazing to hear somebody say that, you know, of like, you know, he was saying, in my world, I'd rather have my six guys that I can trust my life to around me right. than 500 others. We don't right. all get a trophy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And, and like, like, like Ryan said at the beginning, like, if we... Jesus and Paul, they reference this as the kingdom yeah. and the soldier mentality, you know, and in war, when you're in a battle, like you don't want guys around that are just like, Hey, why are you in? Well, they offered me free tuition. So I signed up yeah. like, no, no, no. I mean, why are you here in this foxhole with me? Yeah. Well, because right. they made me like, I want a guy to say, I got your back. <laughs> yeah. right. I got your back. I'm going to make sure nobody kills you. Not 90% right. of the time, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. 
And, and we're I, supposed and I, to adopt I this. think in this conversation, it's important to put this on the table that the church struggles with answering this simple question. What does it mean to make disciples? Yeah. What is a disciple? Yeah. Like so many churches and pastors, it's like, we're like deer in headlights to that question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the answer is real simple. It's actually the following after Christ. Yeah. It's actually taking on his yoke, taking on yep. his teachings and, and molding your life and putting on display your the virtue and the character. So the finished work of the cross pays for all of our salvation, right? So any of my efforts in salvation aren't to earn grace or earn forgiveness, but my efforts are to prove it. It's to put it on display. It's to prove that I received. Yeah. So it's like it's a free gift that will cost you everything. Yeah. Right? It'll cost you your life. It'll cost you your ways. It'll cost you all kinds of things. And I've found very successfully that men want to follow Christ. Yes. We just yes. got to pave the way. We've got to speak man to man. I mean, I got a guy in our church that he went to some other churches with his wife and said, I'll never go. And not to make fun of it or whatever, but the guys were just, you know, ponytails and tight jeans and all stuff. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. Right. But I, it's a thing I don't get. But if that's your thing, that's your thing. Right. <laughs> but but it, so he comes to, to, to our church and it's been time it took two years three years and i remember last summer i was sitting with him in a driveway how you doing bro how's your walk with god coming and this guy i didn't know if he was really in or not you know and he's like oh i've been reading the bible and he just started to weep as he's telling me about the scriptures and so he hasn't come along like you would think right it's just different sometimes in our minds but yet he's fully in he's fully in now three years later he's fully in he's fully devoted to christ he's going after god not perfect but he's got a hardcore pursuit after god and and, and organically then all of the rest of it goes away. Yeah. Because as we chase the heart of Jesus with that perfect model we've got in the scriptures to follow, the things of earth grow strangely dim. Yeah. They just do. And what's sad to me is when there's men in our church who don't have that same feeling that we have. It's like they're praying to try to fall in love with Jesus, but they're not in love. And they right. don't know what that feels like. And right. the church really doesn't do a great job of walking that discipleship of saying, let, let me show you what this really looks like. That's the key. Because who's showing them? Yeah. They can read in the scriptures, and it's yeah. really easy for myself included to go, look, just model Jesus. Yeah. We got it right there. Even a guy like me yeah. can follow <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But but in the flesh, who are we following? Yeah. Right. Everybody. Can, yeah. I mean, Every also guy follow is me as I follow Right, as right. Follow exactly. and everybody out there, hey, all you guys, you're following somebody. There's some model, yeah. there is oh, some yeah. picture in your heart and in your mind that makes you, compels you, drives you towards whatever that picture is. You're following something yeah. or someone. What we're saying is we, fo we followed the one. We found the one. Mm -hmm. We found the way, the truth, and the life, and we follow him. So you're already doing this. What we're inviting you into is do it the way you were created to do it. Follow your creator. Follow him. And I think when you take on that, that symbol of allegiance, you know, when you say this is, this is what I'm all about. I'm going to follow Jesus with my nefesh, all that I am, every little part of me, everything he's given me. I'm just going to not look back and I'm going to go for it. But not only that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start taking the three, the 12, the 70 behind me, and I'm gonna teach them to do the same thing. And I'm gonna start with my family. That's one where we fall short all the time. Indeed. Yep. Yeah, Jesus told us to go make disciples. The word disciple, the root word is discipline. So to go make disciplined ones of all nations in Matthew 28. He said, go make disciples of nations. And so we are supposed to literally be bringing nations yeah. into discipleship or into discipline 
and we are having a hard time making disciples of our neighbors. We're supposed to make disciples of nations. Let alone our own family. Don't go there. (laughs) And we're struggling with our neighbors. We're even struggling with our own children. And I think it's because we have a whole jacked up model that thinks that Christianity is like Pastor Bob says all the time. It's like monkey buck powder. And you're just like, hey, take a little dabble, do you? Sunday morning. You know, try not to drink or cuss or chew or go with those that do. Like, that's not the model. The model is to be a son of God and affect influence on this planet. There's something really interesting here. In the Old Testament, when covenants are established, most of them deal with becoming nations, but they're established, this is really important, to brothers. And so it starts with the band of brothers that build the covenants from there on. That's right. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, and I I think of, like, I'll give you an example of honor. So Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's at the point where he's having a bad, this is a bad moment, right? He decides... This, I don't want this cup. I don't want to go through with this. He's asking God to take it from him, right? The cross. And then he makes this powerful statement, which I believe is one of the most mature things for all men, for all believers, right. as he says, but Father, not not my will, but your will be done. Right. So that's that's how we enter into discipleship, is the will of the Father being done in our lives. Now, Jesus goes on to die. Obviously, we know that. And then later on, the scripture says that God gave him the name that was above all names. Yeah. So Jesus, when he honors the Father by the way he lives, right, there's that virtue. I'm going to put high esteem on my Father in heaven. I'm going to place worth and value on who he is and what he loves. And my obedience to him is even more important than my own life. So when we do that as men, we do get rewarded. Mm-hmm. And that's why living a Christian life and living with virtue and godly character, there is massive amount of rewards oh, in your families, in your marketplace, in the spheres of influence that you're called to like impact. Yes. Yep. Um, it's worth living a life of godliness. And so Jesus modeled that. You know, what we, what I started with was for those that overcome. Jesus modeled that. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He overcame the cross. He overcame that war in his own soul that made him uh, choose between the will of the Father and the will of walking away. And he overcame. So for him to model overcoming and yeah. then call us into that, he's not, he's not putting us to any task that he himself was not willing to get into. Right. He's not calling us to do something that he did not himself do. Yeah. He was tempted at all points, like as we are, yet without sin. So when he's calling you to this life, he's not just saying, hey, do something. He's actually releasing the grace that he's obtained through overcoming into your life, that if you're willing to do it, the scriptures say this, that if you are willing to do it, then God is able to keep that which yes. you commit unto him. So the step, the first step on this is you being willing to, to commit it and then the grace for you the operational grace of god comes in and makes it makes you able to keep that which you've committed unto him until that last day yeah yeah good stuff we continue these conversations both on expedition 44 on youtube and also grace ops podcast so you might be listening from either of those right now but if you haven't tuned into the other one we'll encourage you to do that because we are all talking kind of the same language and out there to accomplish the same thing so i hope you've gotten something out of this if you are interested in this and you want to bring this to your church but you're not sure how look up steve castle ministry there's a lot of good stuff in there too may god bless you thank you